Automatism. In criminal law, automatism is a rarely used criminal defense. It is one of the mental condition defenses that relate to the mental state of the defendant. Automatism can be seen variously as lack of voluntariness, lack of culpability, unconsciousness, or excuse. Automatism means that the defendant was not aware of his or her actions when making the particular movements that constituted the illegal act. For example, Esther Griggs in 1858 threw her child out of a first-floor window believing that the house was on fire, while having a sleep terror. In 2002, Peter Buck, lead guitarist of the band R.E.M., was cleared of several charges, including assault, which resulted from automatism brought on by a bad interaction between alcohol and sleeping pills. In a 2009 case in Aberperth in West Wales, Brian Thomas strangled his wife in their camper van, also during a sleep terror, when he mistook his wife for an intruder. The defense of automatism is denying that the person was acting in the sense that the criminal law demands. As such it is really a denial of proof, the defendant is asserting that the offense is not made out. The prosecution does not have to disprove the defense as is sometimes erroneously reported, the prosecution has to prove all the elements of the offense including the voluntary act requirement. Automatism is a defense even against strict liability crimes like dangerous driving, where no intent is necessary. There are several limitations to the defense of automatism in English law. Prior fault generally excludes automatism. Intoxication generally excludes automatism, even when involuntary. Any defense that rests on insanity comes under the Mitten rules. Under English law internal causes of automatism are generally judged to be insane automatism and so result in the special verdict, not guilty by reason of insanity, rather than simple acquittal. Scope. Automatism is arguably the only defense that excludes responsibility by negating the existence of the actus reus which uniquely allows it to be a defense to both conventional and strict liability offenses, although this argument could be extended to the status defense of insanity, too. Strict automatism is a denial of actus reus and therefore most commonly used as a defense against strict liability offenses. There are a number of reasons why a person may go into a state of automatism, including dissociation or hypo or hyperglycemia. Unconsciousness is the defense of denial of mens rea, which is easier to prove and hence more commonly used for non-strict liability crimes. For example, in cases of homicidal sleepwalking the illegal act is typically not denied but the intent to kill is. The defendant will typically be perplexed and confused and will not cover up the episode. Kenneth Parks, after killing his mother-in-law and severely injuring his father-in-law, drove to the police station stating that he thought he had killed some people. The person's movements seem purposeful, the sleepwalker interacts with their environment in a limited way. Nonetheless the sleepwalker is not conscious of their actions. The use of the term automatism for these situations causes some confusion, as in these cases it is really the lack of intent on the part of the defendant which denies the mens rea of the offense rather than the actus reuse, although this distinction is problematic in many instances, better called unconsciousness. Intention is a problem in crimes of strict liability. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach, with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Very few people intend to crash their vehicles, so clearly something better than intent is required to define automatism. 
Another issue with automatism is that when the issue is raised by the defense as a realistic defense, an evidentiary basis, the prosecution then has to prove beyond reasonable doubt that the defendant was acting voluntarily. This is the case for several other defenses, for example duress. The justification for this is that voluntary action is part of the definition of the offense, and therefore something under the presumption of innocence the prosecution has to prove. The evidentiary burden was laid down in Hill v. Baxter where the defense of automatism failed because there was no good evidence for the alleged blackout. Evidentiary burden means that the defendant needs to provide evidence to satisfy the judge that the issue should be put to the jury, which normally requires medical evidence, although R. V. Woolley, in which an HGV driver crashed after sneezing, proved an exception. Exclusions Because automatism is such a comprehensive defense, there are various exclusions to an automatism defense. The person must not be at fault. The classic example of this is falling asleep at the wheel of a car, K.V. Butterworth. Although one is not responsible for acts done while asleep, one can be held responsible for driving in a state where one would fall asleep at the wheel. The issue of prior fault applies to many diabetics who suffer hypoglycemia while driving. Voluntary, and often involuntary, intoxication cannot cause lethal automatism. In many jurisdictions, there is a distinction made between sane automatism and insane automatism. Where the involuntariness is caused by a mental illness or disease of the mind, as per the Mitten rules, it will be regarded as insane automatism and will often result in a special verdict of not guilty by reason of insanity. This can have significant practical effects for the defendant, as they still may be detained after a special verdict as opposed to the straight acquittal available through sane automatism. The Mitten rules require a disease of mind, which requires an internal cause. This is medically nonsensical, and does not always bear much relationship to continuing risk which is the main justification. This means that insane automatisms do not require total loss of voluntary control. Thus they are easier to prove in some circumstances, but conversely the burden of proof is on the defendant. Sleepwalking was initially an exception to the internal-external doctrine until the case of R. V. Burgess. The most contentious qualifier is that there must be a total loss of control. In Attorney General's Reference No. 2 of 1992, this definition of legal automatism was confirmed. A lorry driver had crashed, and his defense, backed up by expert evidence, was that the monotony of motorway driving had caused him to go into a state of driving without awareness where, although he could make minor adjustments to follow the road, he was not truly conscious of driving. This followed the decisions of Watmore v. Jenkins and Broom v. Perkins where diabetic drivers who had driven three miles or more were held to not have the total loss of control necessary for the defense of automatism. This definition is problematic and the Law Commission, Butler Committee and leading legal academic R.D. Mackay have all argued that this definition is too restrictive. Classically, automatisms in the legal sense have been defined as spasms, reflexes, convulsions or acts committed in a state of unconsciousness for example sleep. However, there have been cases where the automatism defense was successful when none of these apply. In RVT the defendant had been raped a few days prior to committing a robbery. She was clearly conscious of what she was doing, but in a dissociative state due to post-traumatic stress disorder from being raped. However, in RV is it, when the defendant drove away from a collision and evaded a police roadblock in a dissociative state, the defense was not successful. The Ontario Court of Appeal expressed a logical way of distinguishing such cases in Raby v. The Queen. There, the defendant went into a dissociative state due to being spurned. 
It was held that such a commonplace occurrence was not the sort of external stimulus that would cause legal automatism, although the insanity plea would be open to him. Emissions The problem with emissions and automatism is that the strict legal definition requires total loss of control. A person may well not be able to avoid a crash even though they have some residual control. In this case, the law is imposing liability for failing to do the impossible. Several commentators, including H. L. Hart has suggested that responsibility for emissions must be framed with reference to the actor's capabilities at the time, rather than the objective test. Voluntariness? Law Forest J. In the Canadian Supreme Court case of R. V. Parks, asserted that automatism is conceptually a subset of the voluntariness requirement. One of the main rationales of criminal law is to use the threat of punishment as a deterrent to future wrongdoing. But, if an individual is to be deterred, he or she must be acting under voluntary control. If something is interfering with this control, automatism may be available as an excuse. Duress is not an example of involuntary action as although the choices faced by the person under duress may be difficult, nonetheless they are still acting voluntarily. Some would describe action under duress as non-voluntary as opposed to involuntary. This distinction is emphasized by the exclusion of the defense of duress for murder. In the words of the Queensland Court of Criminal Appeal in R. V. Milloy, Thomas J. says, that for automatism to succeed. Impairment of relevant capacities is distinct from total deprivation of these capacities, it is fundamental to a defense of automatism that the actor has no control over his actions. Reflex movements. One of the difficulties is defining what a voluntary action is and is not. Words like willed have the same difficulty, a voluntary action is one that is willed, whatever that means. In Australia, Ryan v. The Queen, the defendant entered a shop with a loaded rifle for a robbery. In a sudden attack, the shop assistant caught the appellant by surprise, causing him by a reflex action to discharge the gun, killing the assistant instantly. The Crimes Act 1900, NSW, requires that murder shall be committed where the act of the accused, causing the death charged. Barwick C.J. said, that a crime cannot be committed except by an act or admission is axiomatic. It is basic, in my opinion, that the act of an accused, must be a willed, a voluntary act which has caused the death charge. It is the act which must be willed, though its consequences may not be intended. Concerning whether the firing of the gun was willed so as to constitute an act for the purposes of the murder charge, Elliot commented that his reaction was like the sudden movement of a tennis player retrieving a difficult shot, not accompanied by conscious planning, but certainly not involuntary. Despite accepting that the actual discharge was involuntary, Barwick C.J. confirmed the murder conviction because the act causing death included the general circumstances in which the gun was fired. The judge and jury could have concluded that the act causing death was the presentation of the cocked, loaded gun with the safety catch unapplied and that its involuntary discharge was a likelihood which ought to have been in the contemplation of the applicant when presenting the gun in the circumstances. In the U.S., in People v. Decena, 1956, the defendant had epilepsy. While driving his car, he had an epileptic seizure and the car went out of control, killing four people. Desina was convicted of negligent homicide because he had voluntarily driven an automobile without assistance knowing that a seizure was possible, breaching Penal Law 1053 on the negligent operation of a motor vehicle. Even though a reflex or a convulsion is an excuse, the actor in this instance cannot use this defense because he knowingly undertook the risk of driving while suffering from a disease that is characterized by frequent convulsions, etc. The actus reuse was established when he began driving. 
This reasoning matches that in English law where any foreseeable loss of control is excluded from automatism. To hold otherwise would be to excuse any driver or other person engaged in an activity where public safety is an issue, from the consequences of a loss of control that occurred after losing consciousness. Only sudden and unexpected health problems avoid culpability. In Scott's Law, Cardell v. Mulraney, 1992 applies the general requirement for cases involving a defense based on insanity or a comparable state, that there must be a total alienation of reason leading to a loss of self-control, to a case in which the accused claimed that he had involuntarily consumed a drug which had the effect that he knew what he was doing but was unable to refrain from acting. Where, as in the present case, the accused knew what he was doing and was aware of the nature and quality of his acts and that what he was doing was wrong, he cannot be said to be suffering from the total alienation of reason in regard to the crime with which he is charged which the defense requires. The sheriff found in the finding that the respondent's ability to reason the consequences of his actions to himself was affected by his ingestion of the drug. The finding narrates that he was unable to take account in his actions of the fact that they were criminal in character and to refrain from them. But this inability to exert self-control, which the sheriff has described as an inability to complete the reasoning process, must be distinguished from the essential requirement that there should be total alienation of the accused's mental faculties of reasoning and of understanding what he is doing.